fighting for freedom every day. You as the individual, you have the power. You don't have to join a union. You go in as an entry-level position. You get the experience that you need. And then as you work up, you get better at your job, which means they pay you more. If they don't pay you more, then you go to another company to show what you've learned and what your value is to where you can get more. If they really don't like that, then you can go and start your own damn business because we have a free market, laissez-faire, capitalist society allegedly, to where you can actually go off and do your own thing. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Darn right it is. Welcome into The Voice of Reason. It is a post-Monday celebration, the greatest day of the entire week. I don't care what anybody says. It's the hardest one. That means it's the most productive one. It's not quite the middle of the week for the end. You don't see the light at the end of the tunnel, but yet we are past the Monday, which is another wild one. Hey, welcome into the show. Great to have you. we got a lot to get to today. I'm telling you. They're desperate. Desperation. I sense the desperation. Might want to cover yourself up a little bit there, Democrats. We're going into 10 months into midterm election season and Democrats finding ways to skedaddle and try and at least do something somewhat productive for their agenda to get their base riled back up again before the election time comes around. Great to have you today. We have what's on the show today? John O'Connor, author, author of the book Postgate. We've had him on the show many times before. He'll be joining us to talk to us about many schools across the nation that have been vaccinating children without the parents' knowledge for COVID-19. The heck, man. Yeah, so we'll get to that here in just a few minutes at the bottom of the hour. Always good to talk with John O'Connor, investigative researcher, like what journalism actually used to be back in the day and what journalism needs to be again today, but it's really not. We can see that very apparently in the mainstream media. So we'll get to him here in just a little bit. But hey, great to have you today. Radio, TV, live streaming and podcasting, broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas on our flagship radio station all over the country. No matter how you may be watching or listening, your Millennial General reporting for duty. Headlines today show Joe Biden in a little bit of a panic state. As his poll numbers, approval ratings continue to drop. President Joe Biden's overall disapproval rating reaching a new high in the month of December as more voters signal their unhappiness with his handling of the COVID pandemic and the economy. Now, I, yeah, I know. Right? Joe? Joe, you feeling all right, buddy? Feeling good? You doing all right? I'm telling you. I want to be clear. I'm not going nuts. <laughs> we got to play that every day. I got to check in with them. Got to check with them. Are we being too harsh on you? Stop it. Stop it now. I'm sorry. So the next approval ratings, according to CNBC, shows that right now Biden's approval rating is sitting at 44%. That's down from 46% in the month of September and 51% that he had back in April. Imagine this, if you will. The guy that supposedly got like 80, 85 million what, what, it was at 85 million, 85 million votes in the nation on uh, in 2020 for the election is sitting at a 51 percent approval rating as soon as he gets into office. And he's already down to 44 percent within his first year of the administration. That doesn't tell very well about the Democrat platform. Now, as we mentioned in the election that we saw just a few months ago in some of these specific states with the off-season elections, they say that, well, the reasons Democrats didn't do well was because they didn't implement their agenda fast enough that's why we're having issues it's not because people just don't like the agenda the economy's in the tank they say it's not i mean cnbc's doing what they can to try and say it's great to me we have the strongest economy perhaps <laughs> i'll never forget i'll never never get old playing that clip cnbc tries to say the economy's doing well they say that just because people spent more money during the panic buying that was created by the federal government and saying that there wasn't going to be anything on the shelves, that the economy somehow doing better. $7 gallons of milk in California somehow is 
doing okay. You know, just that you can't find gas. Gas is well over $3 a gallon now in most places across the nation. But the economy's doing well, right? Joe Biden today, yesterday, whenever it was, tried to defend himself, saying how the economy's doing well and the plan he has to make the economy even better. Because, uh, because we took action for the American Rescue Plan and a bipartisan infrastructure law, we made important progress. We've begun to change the trajectory, change the trajectory of our economy, the one that we inherited, to finally make it work. Okay, first off, I got to stop right there. The economy that he inherited, the inherited an economy that was shut down because the Democrats made Donald Trump shut down the economy because of COVID-19. It wasn't because of bad economic policy. It wasn't because of partisanship that usually happens. I mean, normally, when you come in as a president or one administration to another, the old economy is bad, the bad, the, the post-president did a terrible job, they handled things horribly. I mean, that's the typical talking points. Barack Obama did it to George W. Bush for the first four years of his administration was, oh, we came into this terrible economy, and now we have to fix everything. And by fixing everything, he meant just spending a crap ton of money to inflate everything to think that it was good until the bubble burst. Donald Trump came in. He cut the taxes, cut the regulations. The economy soared right away immediately. And then he had to shut it down because of COVID-19. And this guy comes in thinking it's a normal, typical administration of, well, the past administration ruined everything. It's the same guy that tried to say that bringing back the economy and bringing back jobs was the fastest creation of job growth in American history, and that's just not true in any way, shape, or form. But I digress. For working people to build up from the bottom up and the middle out and to give working people the wages and benefits they deserve and to encourage more innovation and faster growth. So now we're in a strong position to address the challenges we face, and we have challenges, including the cost and prices that people have to pay. We're already laid out three, uh, a three-part plan to address costs that families are facing. Number one, fix the supply chains. We're going to have another discussion on that in a couple of weeks with the Secretary of Agriculture. Protecting consumers, number two. Three, lowering kitchen table costs, including with my Build Back Better plan. You know what solves all those issues? It's a very simple process. It's a very simple policy. Very simple concept. It's called the free market. Free market capitalism, where the government doesn't intervene in the private sector, where the government doesn't intervene in the regulation of the transportation of goods or raw materials, where the government doesn't try to tax every step of the way from the raw material importation to the manufacturing to the transportation to the sales of and the purchasing of and in the transfer of in some way, shape, or form. It's the free market that sets this playing field to where it finds the happy medium price for goods where the greatest number of people are able to afford said thing because it's the private market and it wants the greatest amount of consumers. It's a wild concept. You should totally look it up sometime, Joe Biden. Not the Build Back Better plan where you're just going to spend crap tons of money, which, by the way, Joe Manchin says that they are not in negotiations to continue on right now, which I personally find absolutely fascinating because they have until the 15th to try and do another uh, child tax credit paycheck going out to everybody for their universal basic income. And right now, they're not even talking about it. And that was the legacy of year number one for the Biden administration. Yeah, they had the infrastructure bill, kind of. But they really, really wanted that Build Back Better plan. That was what they're banking on for the first year. They're not even talking about it now. They want that. He's talking about it. Joe Manchin's like, I, yeah, I haven't heard anybody. I haven't talked to anybody. Don't know what you're talking about. We're not in negotiations right now. I'm focused on other things, which those other things are really important. We'll get to in just a second. 
But the economic plan, the desperation from Joe Biden right now trying to act like the economy is doing well and that he has plans for the economy. Look, if you get rid of the regulations and the red tape for the cargo ships to actually dock and get unloaded, then we wouldn't have a supply chain issue. We didn't have a supply chain issue through the entire pandemic before you got into office. Why all of a sudden did we have one now going into this year? And then you created it by panic buying and everybody going into uh, hysterias because, you know, the toy may not be on the shelf for Christmas and for the holidays, which didn't happen thanks to the state of Florida and Ron DeSantis. So kudos to that one and the Southern state actually allowing things to open up and actually getting stuff to the shelves that the way they need to. But you didn't do that. And you could lower the price for the dinner table and for the families just by getting the hell out of the way, letting the free market do what it needs to do based on lower taxes, less regulation, and the free market finding that happy medium for wage prices for the employees I know, big shocker that we can do that in the private sector. We don't need we don't need some type of labor union deciding on what the rates are going to be and the benefits are going to be because you have the power to do that. And you can make your own decisions and you can make your own negotiations. Wild concept, I'm very well aware. Extreme, radical, right-wing nut job that we have here on the radio today. And we can set the prices for the goods like, you know, oil and for food and for bread and for milk and for, you know, the toys that we need to get and the clothes that we need and the cars that we need. We can do all of that without government regulation just based on the demand, the supply and demand that the private sector has. But as soon as you throw that wrench in the system, as soon as you throw that government in there, government, we're here and we're going to regulate things. Then everything gets off kilter. And then for some wild reason, we continue to refer back to the federal government for all the issues. It just doesn't make any sense to me. But while they're devastatingly trying to recover from the low approval ratings for the Biden administration on the economy, what are they trying to do? And we've talked about it the last couple of days. Their main focus right now is making sure they don't lose as bad as they know they're going to lose in the midterm elections in November. And what are they going to do to focus on? Oh, yeah, they're going to focus on H.R. 3 and the election bills of trying to centralize election laws at the federal level. This was today at the White House press. uh, uh, What is it? The uh, Jen Psaki, the press communications gal, doing her daily briefing for the media when she was asked about what to do with the election bill that they're working on in the Senate right now. Is Is the president concerned that the window is closing to pass legislation that could have an impact on how people vote in the midterm elections? I'm not going to make a prediction of that. Uh, What I will say and what the president will talk about uh, in his speech on Thursday is also that, um, you know, people came out, the American public came out in record numbers last November and participated in our democracy. And we shouldn't underestimate uh, the role of the uh, movement and grassroots movement of the public to have their voices heard. Uh, but he absolutely feels that getting voting rights done is fundamental. It's essential. Uh, he is going to work uh, in close lockstep with Leader Schumer and others in Congress to get this done. Uh, but I'm not going to make a prediction at this point on the timeline. It's obviously a first priority for them in the Senate. First priority. Their number one, it's not the economy getting things back on track so we can live, you know, on a normal basis. It's not the immigration issue with massive hordes of individuals coming across the border illegally, the catch and release programs, and us not building the wall or securing our our safety and our borders in any way, shape, or form. It's not the issue going on with Afghanistan where there's still tension there. It's not the tension with Russia that's potentially going on. It's not China becoming the economic powerhouse in the world. No, no, no. It's the voting rights which apparently, I didn't realize this, if more people voted in the last election in 2020 than ever before, then why do we need voting rights bills if people are already out voting? 
that makes sense, anybody? Now, it's a response, of course, to the Democrats being mad at Republican states actually passing voter ID laws after the 2020 election, concerned about some type of voter fraud, whether it was enough to swing the election or not. That's up for some people to decide. I don't know because I don't have the information. What we do know is that election fraud always happens to a small degree, whether it's people that are on the voter rolls that are dead, whether people have moved from state to state and haven't de-enrolled uh, or deregistered in the states that they left, so they're double booked right now, whether it's people that uh, try to vote in numerous places in, on the same day, whether it's people being bused from place to place. We have voter ID laws in many states, and some states passed new laws last year after the concern. So they get panicked because they're afraid of their voter base disappearing after all the shenanigans. So they want a voter uh, voter bill to make it more free, quote unquote. And it's called uh, the Freedom to Vote Act. Now, this is H.R. 3. This is the second bill because the first one, H.R. 1, didn't pass because it was a centralization of election law at the federal level. This one still is just kind of a watered down version of it. But this is their number one priority out of everything. They're more concerned about this than anything else. we got to take a break. But when we come back, I have right here what the bill actually is. It's on congress.gov. I have the details of the bill. Why is it so dangerous? We'll get to that here in just a second. And why are they focused on this now when there's so many other pressing issues that need to be addressed? No, no. It's sitting in the Senate right now. Senate's got to debate it. And they need to get rid of the filibuster again because they can't pass it with this plain majority. So on the 17th of this month, they're going to vote to get rid of the filibuster. Republicans, hold the line. Us, right now, call your elected officials in the Senate. Make sure they don't vote to suspend the filibuster so this can actually get through, like they did with the Build Back Better plan. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier with The Voice of Reason. Fighting for conservative principles seems more difficult all the time. The progressive left seems to find new and creative ways to limit freedom, abuse power, and trample the Constitution each and every day. That's why we need the knowledge, resources, and common sense to push back. And we can help with that. Visit our website at HoosierReason.com. There's some really great stuff for you. You can read the latest blog discussing topical issues and current events. Let us know your thoughts by filling out our monthly survey. Keep track of what I might be doing or where I may be speaking. Listen to the podcast of your favorite guest or show. And check out our latest Voice of Reason product infomercials. Plus, you can find upcoming show schedules and guest lineups to plan your radio listening appropriately. And finally, make sure to become a Hoosier-holic by subscribing to the free newsletter. Stay up to date on the latest news of the show, fun facts of the month, and learn new ways to defend and preserve this great republic. It's all there at HoosierReason.com. Again, HoosierReason.com. Go check it out. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com. Miss part of the show? Don't worry about it. There's plenty of ways to catch the program, and here's how you can do it. First, make sure to tune in every day right here on your favorite radio station. We're here for you. Second, subscribe to the podcast on any of your favorite sites. YouTube and iTunes, Spotify and Google Play, TuneIn, Podbean, and more. Have the show automatically downloaded to your favorite device. Last, visit our website at HoosierReason.com. You can listen to the podcast, catch our special features, and more. It's the voice of reason on radio, TV, and online helping you defend and preserve this great republic.
You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the program. Thanks for hanging out today on a post-Monday celebration. Appreciate it very much. Radio, TV, live streaming, and podcasting. The desperation from the left is unbelievable. You can tell just by the priorities that they actually have. Now, our big focus needs to be right now, and if you're new to the program, you'll realize that I love talking about policy. I love talking about constitutional things. I love talking about not necessarily law, because I'm not a law expert in any way, shape, or form, but I enjoy talking about these things to try and get us rallied up, because we can do something about this stuff. We can do something about these bills. We can call our elected officials and make the changes here at the local level all over. Being the catalyst in your local community, that's what it's all about. We don't have to wait for the lawyers in the Supreme Court to make decisions. We can do things here, and this is what we focus on. And you can tell what their priorities are based on what they're focusing on. Now, right now they need the filibuster. They need 60 votes to pass this Freedom to Vote Act. Just like the Build Back Better plan, Mitch McConnell, the weak, spineless Republican that's leading the Senate right now and has for a very long time. Yeah, he's done some good stuff here and there, but overall, he's kind of a weak guy. He ended up suspending the filibuster for the Build Back Better plan. Now, he voted against it, but him along with 18 other Republicans voted to suspend the filibuster, meaning that they need 60 votes instead of 50 votes in order to pass it, and they still couldn't pass it even when they did that. So that was kind of a slap in the face for them. But are they going to do that again for this Freedom to Vote Act. Most Republicans are against this bill. If they suspend it, they would have the votes, except for Joe Manchin is on the line again for this one. He wants freedom to vote. Yeah, it sounds good, freedom to vote. Yeah, I'm open to discussion on that. But he doesn't want to change the filibuster laws as well. We really need to get back to what Mitch McConnell said when uh, uh, Joe Biden first took office and the Democrats first took office with the 50-50 split in the Senate where he said if you get rid of the filibuster in any way, shape, or form, you won't even be able to turn the lights on in the Senate because we won't even vote to approve that, which they have to vote every single day for the order of the day. They have to vote to turn on the power, vote to turn on the lights, vote to actually walk into the chambers in the U.S. Senate. And Mitch McConnell said if you get rid of the filibuster in any way, we won't even vote to allow the daily operations to occur. Where are you on that tough talk, uh, Mitch McConnell? Because you allowed the Build Back Better plan, you better not allow this one to happen. Now, if you go to congress.gov, you can find the bill, and it's called the Freedom to Vote Act that is currently sitting in the U.S. Senate right now. Here's why this bill is so dangerous. It goes on to say the bill is now, it talks about the summary of the bill addresses voter registration, voter access, election integrity, so on and so forth. Specifically, the bill expands voter registration to automatic and same-day voter registration. Yeah, just what you need. You have no clue whether you're registered before, but hey, same day voter registration. You can walk in. You, you know, you can get registered all year long, but you waited till the last minute, and now you need to get registered to vote because you procrastinated, and now it's our fault. So you need to register on the day of and actually vote while you're there. No, I, I personally, not a fan of that. I think it's stupid, and anybody that waits that long doesn't need to vote because obviously you haven't put a whole lot of time and attention and uh, energy into figuring out what to vote for, who to vote for, and how to vote. Just throwing that out there. But it expands automatic and same-day voter registration. Voting access, meaning voting by mail, is extended and early voting. This is a federal bill. This is not a statewide bill where the laws on how to vote in your state-by-state is set state-by-state. And it should be because constitutionally, it really says that as long as you're a citizen, you have the right to vote. How you predetermine how you are a U.S. citizen is up to the states to decide. Because the rest of the voting laws go down to the states. But this expands all of it. At the same time, here's the tricky part. 
The bill establishes certain federal criminal offenses related to voting. In particular, the bill establishes a new criminal offense to conduct or attempting to conduct to corruptly hinder, interfere with, or prevent another person from registering to vote or helping someone register to vote. Meaning, while that all sounds nice, we don't want anybody to mess with anybody else's voting stuff, meaning if a state has a voter ID law that they feel is too stringent by, you know, verifying who you are, that could be uh, conducting an offense by corruptly hindering or interfering with someone's ability to be able to register to vote. Voter ID laws would become illegal if this passes, meaning that you wouldn't have to verify who you are in any way, shape, or form, state by state, if this bill passes. Lots more coming up on The Voice of Reason. Stay here. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. While you listen to the delightful broadcast of The Voice of Reason, don't forget to check us out and follow us on all of our social media sites. Whether you're using Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Minds.com, or Instagram, we're there for you. Find us at Hoosier Reason on any of your social media platforms. You'll see special commentary, links to the articles and news that we use on the show, and videos of the broadcast. Plus, you can directly send us a message on social media during the show to let me know your thoughts. Many already do, and it's a great chat room for all of our great listeners. And you can always sign up for the Patreon site to get exclusive content, maybe hear show products before we air them on the radio, and a lot more. And when you support us on Patreon, you also help the show be able to fight for conservative values each and every day. So it's a win-win. Just find us at Hoosier Reason on all of your social media platforms, or you can find a link to all of our social media sites on our website at HoosierReason.com. We know you're on social media already, so bring some reason into your day. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. When Reason Meets Radio. You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Darn right you are. Welcome back into the program. Thanks for hanging out with us today on a post-Monday celebration. Trying to cram that 10 pounds of reason into that 5-pound bag. Trying to rebrand the millennial generation one radio listener at a time. You can find us all over. Also, got to do a quick plug here. Got to find us on our social media at Hoosier Reason. That's H-O-O-S-E-R Reason on our all of our social media, plus the website at HoosierReason.com, plus For those watching the video feed, we also have our new website up as well for our Hoosier Media Network with HoosierMedia.com, which I have to give a huge shout out to. I'm already getting emails about people asking about services that we do, like producing podcasts and stuff and doing some graphic design. So that's awesome. Thank you for that. We're really excited. And I will get back with you as soon as possible if you got it from listening to this program. Lots of stuff going on. Plus, again, hat tip to our OpsLens family, OpsLens.com, the OpsLens app. That we're streaming on right now and all their social media. We got a lot of people on. I do have the chat rooms on the Facebook Live and on the Opsalens app up. So if you're trying to get a hold of me there, then I can see that as well. So we appreciate you guys and love you to death as we're expanding the Voice of Reason family each and every day. Speaking of, super excited to get this guy back on the program. What's trending today? He's one of our great go-tos on the program to talk about actual investigative journalism, actual details of stories, and not just what the mainstream media is talking about. So excited to have on here. He is author of the book Postgate, How the Washington Post Betrayed Deep uh, betrayed deep Throat, Covered Up Watergate, and Began Today's Partisan Advocacy Journalism. It's John O'Connor back online with us here. John, how are you, my friend? Happy New Year. Hey, Andy, same to you. Yeah, great to have you on the program again to, to help kick off this year. 
There's a lot of stuff going on that I want to pick your brain on, especially with the COVID and the economy and everything. But kids are back in school now. We, we got through the holidays. We're starting the second semester for, for the springtime here. And uh, we're going into a very strange time because apparently there are some schools that are still wanting to go remote learning or trying to implement mask mandates or even trying to force vaccines on the kids. What the heck's going on here? Well, again, it's the whole notion that control, even if you don't know why you're controlling, that the whole, uh, the left in the United States wants to control everything. That's that's the uh, basis for this. And the notion is also that they know what they're doing. The fact is, and you hear people say, follow the science. Well, follow the science uh, doesn't mean a lot. Um, you know, number one, science is an iterative process where we're not always sure what the real conclusion is, number one. Yeah. Number two, if the science is that some people get killed on uh, highways, does that mean we stop driving? No, it doesn't. It means we have to have common sense as to, you know, who we allow on the highways and what the speed limits are and so forth, but put, put some reasonable regulations in. But so following the science just doesn't work here. The other thing is that we are now, you know, sort of the, the talk about the science, the science is in that when you really look at the real death rate, and, and first of all, kids are not getting, they're, they're not dying. Right. And the real death rate is it approaches that of the flu. If you count the asymptomatic cases that probably make it in, don't make it onto the stat sheet, uh, then it looks like the rate is roughly that of the flu now that you have a virus that is transmissible on the one hand, but on the other hand, it wants to live and be nice to the host, and so it's keeping its hosts alive. So, uh, to to once again, we are destroying everything about our society in the name of what? What? What are we going to do? Is if if this is a transmissible virus, is it really going to be the case that you keep kids out forever and ever? No, it doesn't yeah. make any sense. Look, look, a lot of people are going to get it. We know that. Uh, we've got to protect the, and it really gets back to the Great Barrington Declaration, uh, uh, which may or may not, you can argue with it when some people are dying from it. But basically, the whole idea is you protect the vulnerable and the people with immune deficiency, and everyone else live their lives with as much uh, soundness and safety as you can do it. But there's no reason. I mean, people are getting this. I've got plenty of friends that are in their 60s that are getting this stuff. And, hey, it's okay. <laughs> you know, they're doing fine. Yeah. Uh, you know, so uh, it, it is really just another example of destroying society for what reason? I don't know. Who's driving this right now, especially for the schools, to keep things remote, to try and force the masks on the kids, to try and force the vaccines on the kids? Who is it? Is it the administration, like the White House administration? Is it the school board administrations? Is it the teachers union? Who's driving this push right now, what, now that we're like almost two years into this pandemic? Well, Andy, I always try to look work backwards. I look at the money in the pockets of politicians, and then I go backwards and try to find out where it comes from and also where their votes come from. And miraculously, it comes back to the same people who are enforcing these mandates. Uh, you know, it's the teachers' unions, the school boards, uh, teachers. A lot of teachers don't like to teach, you know, especially in inner cities. They're happy to, they've been thrilled that they haven't had to go in. Uh, a lot of, lot of teachers don't like to teach, and they are, and many of them, 
cases just say, hey, I don't want even a chance that I'm going to get COVID. So I just assume, uh, you know, play some golf or watch TV. So I think a lot of this is driven by the teachers unions and the school board associations that have been so um, uh, supportive of Biden and also local Democratic legislators. Uh, That's that's what the real problem is. Let's take it to the next level. There was a story a couple of weeks ago that was probably one of the most concerning things that I had heard. And if I get this story, if I hear that my daughter, my daughter's seven, she's in second grade right now, that if she comes home and says anything of this sort, I will go absolutely ballistic. But there are some school districts that are looking at giving the kids the vaccine without parental consent. Is this okay? And talk about some of these stories that have been floating out there right now. Well, I'll tell you this. There was a story, I think, in San Francisco, uh, or maybe it was L.A., where uh, a teenager was given a piece of pizza in order to get him to uh, take the shot. You know, but at least they they at least he did it voluntarily. Now, it really isn't, though, uh, the place of teachers to get between the parents. This is something for which you need consent and the consent cannot be given any more than it can be given for sex. Uh, for somebody under 18. We prosecute people for that. We prosecute people for assaulting people that are under 18, yeah. uh, for, for having relationships with them, even if they appear to be otherwise consensual. But now you're saying it's okay to force a vaccine on somebody? No, that's an assault. By definition, that's an assault. Whether the kid says, I want to be vaccinated or not, that's an assault. Um, and now, as I've told different folks who've asked me about this, I said the real problem is, you know, what are your damages? Uh, you can probably go out and get an injunction against the the practice. Uh, but, you know, once your kid's shot, you say, OK, what am I going to do? Am I going to bother to hire a lawyer to do this? It really is nasty. I think there ought to be some discipline for people who do this. But um, again, depending on the jurisdiction you're in, I don't see that happening people are only doing this when they think they can get away with it oh sure yeah absolutely i mean they're gonna you're right they're gonna do what they can to get away with it but uh, i would think in the ones the cases that we have heard like this where they're giving the kids the vaccine without parental consent i would assume there's some type of litigation going on isn't there well i haven't heard of it i haven't heard of it i mean i've heard of the problem but i haven't heard of it just because once again it takes money to fund this thing and you know um, I think it's it's a noble cause, but once my kid gets stuck, am I going to go out and spend a bunch of money to do whatever, uh, you know? And, of course, the teachers union, they're well-funded. They've got lawyers right there ready to roll, and, uh, you know, so uh, they don't care. Sure. Um, it, it's so, so you run up against this, and it, it, you know what's so terrible about it is they are not vaccinating the kids for the safety of the kids. Let's face it, they're not worried about the kids' safety. They're worrying about their own, perhaps irrationally so, but they are worried about their own safety, and that's just a shame. Yeah, it's unfortunate. We're talking with John O'Connor, author of the book Postgate. You can find him online at postgatebook.com. You can also check out his podcast there as well uh, with the Mysteries of Watergate. In your mind, from what you've seen and how you've researched this, how far back do you think educationally that we've come over the last year or so with so many doing remote learning over the last year, again, luckily, again, my daughter being seven years old, she was in second grade. We did remote learning last year for the first grade. It was tough. Luckily, Mrs. Voice of Reason, my wife is able to stay at home and she t- she taught her. So we didn't have too much of a hiccup on our end. But there's so many families that didn't have that. How far back do you think that we've come educationally over the last year or so? 
Well, you know, the great value of America is its educated populace, and it's getting less and less educated as we go along. Once again, the people that are doing fine, that are educated themselves, usually their kids will end up being fine out here in California. All the people I know that, you know, that that are decently prosperous, they educated their kids. They got little pods of kids. They either did homeschooling or got uh, several of them together in one place and had a learning atmosphere. But once again, you do these sort of things and who, who gets hurt? Yeah. The people without the resources, the people who's, who have two parents working, the kids that really need school. And it's not good for America. And it's in the studies about some of the uh, mental disorders that come from kids not having socialization. I mean, we have a good friend who was raised the two to raise their kid in a very loving way and so forth. And the kid was by himself, a 13 year old, he committed suicide. Wow. I mean, it's just terrible. And I, and, and they will tell you that it wouldn't happen if they had, if their kid had gone to school and been with his buds, sure. uh, you know, it's just a different thing. And these, these problems replicate themselves all over uh, the place. Uh, uh, this is this is a wound that need not be continually um, uh, aggravated. Here uh, we are we are doing it. We should be curing ourselves that we're not doing it. Yeah, well, it's unfortunate. And again, the kids get right in the middle of the political divide going on in the nation, and the kids are being used as that front for that political agenda, and it's kind of sad. John O'Connor, author of the book Postgate. John, it's always good to talk to you, my friend. Happy New Year to you. Looking forward to chatting with you again here real soon. Okay, take care, Andy. Hey, you okay. as well. Always appreciate that. Lots more coming up. One more segment here on The Voice the of Reason. Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier with The Voice of Reason. Fighting for conservative principles seems more difficult all the time. The progressive left seems to find new and creative ways to limit freedom, abuse power, and trample the Constitution each and every day. That's why we need the knowledge, resources, and common sense to push back. And we can help with that. Visit our website at HoosierReason.com. There's some really great stuff for you. You can read the latest blog discussing topical issues and current events. Let us know your thoughts by filling out our monthly survey. Keep track of what I might be doing or where I may be speaking. Listen to the podcast of your favorite guest or show. And check out our latest Voice of Reason product infomercials. Plus, you can find upcoming show schedules and guest lineups to plan your radio listening appropriately. And finally, make sure to become a Hoosier-holic by subscribing to the free newsletter. Stay up to date on the latest news of the show, fun facts of the month, and learn new ways to defend and preserve this great republic. It's all there at HoosierReason.com. Again, HoosierReason.com. Go check it out. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. Miss part of the show? Don't worry about it. There's plenty of ways to catch the program. And here's how you can do it. First, make sure to tune in every day right here on your favorite radio station. We're here for you. Second, subscribe to the podcast on any of your favorite sites. YouTube and iTunes, Spotify and Google Play, TuneIn, Podbean, and more. Have the show automatically downloaded to your favorite device. Last, visit our website at HoosierReason.com. You can listen to the podcast, catch our special features, and more. It's the voice of reason on radio, TV, and online helping you defend and preserve this great republic.
Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com. You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Darn right you are. Welcome back into the program. Thanks again to John O'Connor coming on the show. Postgate is the book. Postgatebook.com is the website. You can go and check that out. Also, his podcast, The Mysteries of Watergate. You can listen to all that good stuff. Always love having him on. He's uh, super in-depth with a lot of his research and investigation. We, For those that, again, that are new to the program, we have guests usually every single day and a plethora of different stuff, and we got some really good ones coming up here in the next few weeks. So hang tight, buckle in, strap in, and let's have some fun here on the program. <laughs> oh, I don't know how to get through this story. I'm going to try to with a straight face, but I find it kind of ironic. I do, but I don't. So according to Business Insider, the Democrat National Committee is working on some structural changes with their staffing. I don't know if you've seen this or not, but apparently the staff on the Democrat National Committee is working to unionize against the DNC. (laughs) I know. I know. I know. That sounds a little crazy to us. Now, for those who don't know, I'm not the biggest fan of unions in any way, shape, or form. I think that we have the power as an individual to make our choice to either go to jobs, to get our raises, to get the benefits we need, to get the proper working conditions, or to be able to start our own business. I don't like unions. I think they had a purpose at some point, to a degree. I really think that even then, when unions started, that there was a need, but also there were many businesses taking the matters into their own hands, because from a business perspective, there were they realized that it was cheaper to hire someone and train them properly and take care of them, so they stayed instead of having to retrain new people all the time and continuously going to have to find new people all the time. Obviously, every industry is different, so don't try and do the big generalization, Andy, you're full of it. It's every industry is a little bit different, but I am not a fan of unions in any way, shape or form. When I was in college, I was looking to try and get a job. I applied to work at UPS, realized that you had to become a union member to work at UPS. And I walked out of the interview. I just I didn't want anything to do with it. I'm not going to pay my dues for them to pay that to political campaigns that I don't agree with and then tell me how to vote. Not going to fly. Not going to happen. I'm going to deal with my own negotiations on my own front. Nonetheless, the Democrat National Committee is choosing to unionize their staff. Now, to me, I find that hysterical because this isn't some type of like regular nine-to-five job that you go to. This is the Democrat National Committee. This is the place where the Democrat Party, the National Democrat Party, goes together to say, this is the platform we have, this is the agenda that we're running with, this is the candidates we're going to try to get elected, and this is what we're going to promote to the people. You created it. If you're a Democrat, registered Democrat, which if you are, I know you listen to because I get your emails. If you're a Democrat, you were running the party. That's like me and my wife starting our business, the Hoosier Media Network, and then my wife going and getting an attorney to try and negotiate her wages in the company that her and I created together. That doesn't make it, it doesn't make any sense. But this shows two things to me, at least. Number one, that the Democrat National Committee must have terrible working conditions for their employees that they have to go and get unionized, or else they wouldn't even think about getting unionized. 
They must have terrible working conditions. Now, is it surprising? Eh, kind of, but not really, because at the same time, this is their agenda, is to unionize everybody. You're not a person. You're not an individual. You don't have free thought as an individual. You can't make your own decisions as an individual. You don't have any leverage or power as an individual. The only way you can do it is by groupthink mentality. Their own philosophy has come back now to bite them in the you-know-what. Now, the Democrat National Committee says that they're in support of it and that they're all happy about it, but who's part of the committee and who's part of the union that's negotiating against the committee for the working conditions or for the hours or for the rates or for the benefits or for whatever within the Democrat National Committee? This is hysterical because their own agenda is coming back to bite them in the you-know-what or else they wouldn't need it, but apparently... The socialism of the redistribution is not flowing as freely as what some think within the Democrat Party that's actually running the Democrat National Committee. I, I mean, if it was working and they had the socialism, they wouldn't need to unionize to go against the DNC to try and fight for better wages. Now, I don't know what their wages are. I don't know what their benefits are. I don't know why they even need to do so, but according to them, in according to businessinsider.com in the statement, DNC Executive Director Sam Cornell, 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 whoever, said the committee is proudly uh, proud to volunteer, uh, voluntarily recognize the SEIU Local 500 after the majority of DNC employees expressed their desire to union representation in a mutually agreed upon bargaining unit. The DNC committee, by the way, voted 67% to allow that to happen, the majority they needed to make that. So the majority of people not happy with the Democrat National Headquarters right now, not happy with the DNC and their working conditions. They have to unionize against themselves to promote the agenda that they've created for themselves. The irony, while the Democrats fail miserably in the popularity vote and the popularity of the Biden administration, they're turning among themselves. They're eating themselves alive. Republicans sit back, pop some popcorn and enjoy the show because it's going to be a fun one. Frustrating one, but a fun one nonetheless. Podcast up in just a little bit. Until then, we're back at it tomorrow. I'm Andy Hoosier. This is The Voice Series and we'll see you on the radio. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. While you listen to the delightful broadcast of The Voice of Reason, don't forget to check us out and follow us on all of our social media sites. Whether you're using Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Minds.com, or Instagram, we're there for you. Find us at Hoosier Reason on any of your social media platforms. You'll see special commentary, links to the articles and news that we use on the show, and videos of the broadcast. Plus, you can directly send us a message on social media during the show to let me know your thoughts. Many already do, and it's a great chat room for all of our great listeners. And you can always sign up for the Patreon site to get exclusive content, maybe hear show products before we air them on the radio, and a lot more. And when you support us on Patreon, you also help the show be able to fight for conservative values each and every day. So it's a win-win. Just find us at Hoosier Reason on all of your social media platforms, or you can find a link to all of our social media sites on our website at HoosierReason.com. We know you're on social media already, so bring some reason into your day. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do.